0: Welcome back to a Push for Understanding. This is Brinkley section 16.2 through section 16.4 The Conquest of the Far West. And so basically I'm going to divide up this uh, podcast between two parts. It's going to be focused on the Native American tribes and just about everything else because um, uh, this Brinkley chapter is pretty much divided between um, how uh, Americans go into the west and how they push uh native americans out of the west and um it's kind of a cause and effect throughout the uh brinkley chapter you know americans do this native americans are forced to do this or forced to retaliate or forced to uh you know go to a reservation so um but it ends up going with our buzzwords it ends up going back and forth between uh, the two groups, and so, some of them aren't really connected very well. And so I'm going to start with uh, just the general what's going on at the time. And so uh, the conquest of the Far West pretty much starts with, um, I guess, majorly Lee. Uh, during the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln signs the Homestead Act, which allows for settlers to buy 160 acres of land for about five years. Um... Or, sorry, they could buy 160 acres of land um, for five years if they could improve that land. um. And basically, this is a way for them to encourage people to both move out to the West during the Civil War, because, of course, no one really wants to go anywhere during the Civil War. um. And economic growth is kind of struggling at this point as the nation splits in two, and the mainly agricultural South and the industrial North. Um, are kind of cut off from both of their supplies, so both sides have to find some way, and so the North comes up with the Homestead Act to try and improve agriculture. Um, This also leads into the timber culture and the uh, desert land acts. Um, Basically, the government would sell an additional 160 acres of land uh, if you planted 40 acres of trees, or 200 or or you would get two hundred and forty acres of land if you irrigated part of the land um within three years uh and this is basically to encourage people to both plant trees um particularly in states like Utah Arizona, which are very hot and very dry and not very arid, so more trees would allow for more agriculture and more shade and just making it easier to live and making the land more fruitful and the desert acts are basically a way to uh, sell away some desert land um, in exchange for uh, more agricultural output from these pretty much useless lands that the government can't really sell to businesses because businesses don't want to buy uh, a giant desert. Um, along with these kind of pushes towards agriculture and timber, we have the mining booms, which begin in the 1860s, and uh, the mining industry in the West It's not very alive today, so we don't really think about it very much today. Most of our mining comes from uh, the uh, kind of northwest um, or kind of eastern Midwest, kind of West Virginia, Virginia, Ohio, uh, Kentucky. Um, But at the time, obviously the gold rush and then just general untouched uh, natural resources, eventually oil, um, all become big mining booms during the... um, late, or kind of uh, mid-19th century, and then they last until the 1890s, um, which obviously attracts a lot of immigrants but looking for jobs and opportunity, which uh, is actually, I believe, our next Brinkley uh, chapter, although it's not really a chapter. It's more of a discussion on immigration from a ton of different places um, throughout Brinkley. But anyway... Uh, there's cattle drivers as well, um, massive cattle drivers coming from the east, um, or sorry, they're coming from the west and moving up to the east. So basically, if you imagined, um, say that you have a flock of c- uh, cattle in Texas, uh, there, you would kind of be, I guess, herding them uh, to the north, um, to the Midwest, uh, to sorry, Uh, you would be herding them to the north or midwest uh, to sell their meat. Um, And this developed a lot of cattle trails or cattle roads, I suppose, um, where these cattle drivers would basically be herding hundreds of cows or, you know, cattle um, and make a profit by the end of the journey. Um, This kind of sparks the idea of the cowboys, which is a very romanticized job uh, especially towards the nineteen like seventies, nineteen sixties, Hollywood really likes to pick up on the cowboys at that point in time. Um, but especially in literature and art at this point in time, uh, cowboys were a very romanticized job, um, and Western. It, they kind of became the embodiment of freedom and uh, just kind of general people pulling themselves up by their bootstraps through hard work and uh, expectations. Um, and being able to make some sort of glorious job out of it, uh, and this is also romanticized by Twain, Remington, and uh, Roosevelt, who all, all three of them, uh, publish literature, uh, kind of exposing the general public to cowboys and romanticizing them even more. Um, along with that, there's uh, Frederick Turner, who kind of is a historian/slash opportunist in America, who declares that a Kind of era in American history is over. Uh, he says that the last that the West was the last frontier, and now the West has been settled um basically de- declaring that the United States is no longer a land of discovery and adventure, and that these untouched lands uh, that the colonists once found are no longer untouched um and he kind of calls it an end to an era. Which makes sense now. I mean, most of us don't really consider America to be an untouched, uh, kind of wild place anymore. It's more of a um, settled area, of course. Um, and, generally speaking, Americans don't really think about like going west to find new opportunities and jobs. Um, so, I mean, unless you're an actor, of course. <laughs> um... So basically, kind of an end to an era in American history. Americans are no longer kind of looking towards the next horizon. Uh, America has basically gained all the land they need to um, eventually... Well, no, because Alaska and Hawaii are both territories of the United States at this point. So basically, uh, because of this kind of end to an era, um, we shift from a kind of prospering America, who's kind of growing in size, of course. America still needs to grow a little bit more. We're going to uh, establish a colony in the Philippines and eventually annex um, smaller islands like Puerto Rico and Guam uh, into the United States. But for the most part, the United States has uh, grown to its relative size. Um, That's everything about... um, just the general American tone. Uh, Now I'm going to shift over to Native Americans. Um, And so uh, there's the Plains Indians, who are, as you'd imagine, the most kind of common type of Native Americans who uh, kind of center their economy around uh, hunting and gathering. Um, And it's mainly uh, the farming of buffalo that have their uh, economies completely self-reliant on the buffalo. Um, They can develop their uh, clothing from pelts of the uh, buffalo, and they can develop, uh, obviously, food from the buffalo meat, uh, spears from, I guess, the horns? I'm not really sure. I'm not sure what they use the horns for. The point is that they use pretty much every part of the buffalo to establish their economy, and it's become like the center point of the economy for the Indians. Um, Of course, with many Americans moving out west now, uh, the buffalo are slowly being killed, um, and eventually the colonists pretty much wipe them off of the map. Uh, Not quite to the point of extinction, but pretty relative extinction, which obviously... Hurts the Native Americans pretty much entirely. Uh, Native Americans uh, kind of suffer many defeats at this point in time, um, not least of which the Indian Wars, as they've been called. At this point, uh, after the Civil War, the United States Army begins fighting uh, Native Americans all over America. Uh, think of, like, the Wounded Knee Massacre. Um, and basically their intention is to kill Native American, possible, uh, to clear the way for um, Americans. Who want to settle the territory. Um, and then we have some policies that Americans uh, kind of fa- pass. There's the concentration policy, which which divides up these uh, tribes living out in these lands and puts them on reservations. So instead of, uh, you know, just a general blanket area for all Native Americans, uh, they specifically de- begin dividing up America based on tribes themselves, which obviously weakens kind of the uh, collective power of every Native American and splits them up based on tribes and basically allows America to divide and conquer the Native Americans uh, and pretty much uh, end any chance the Native Americans had at fighting back during these wars. Uh, There's the Dawes, I believe I'm saying that right, Dawes Sovereignty Act. Um, Native Americans were now directly owning land on reservations, which goes against a lot of their culture, kind of this this idea of collective um, owning. And so Native Americans are basically trying, or basically being forced to assimilate into the United States cultures and ideas of, like, owning property, money, currency, etc., Instead of the kind of hunter gatherer lifestyle uh, that they were able to uh, somewhat be successful with, I mean, um, Americans were, of course, killing them uh, in pretty large numbers, but I would say that um, the Native Americans at least had some amount of success with that, um, despite uh, the Americans' attempts to. to foil that plan but forcing native americans to assimilate into the culture is uh going to destroy that culture obviously um and so that was the policy for a long time until i believe about the 1920s or so um the indian reorganization act basically removes the dawes sovereignty act um and allows Native Americans to collectively own land, elect uh, local governments, and basically places a lot of pressure off of them that was previously pressured on them to assimilate back into the kind of American lifestyle. Uh, but they were still, of course, kept on reservations. They didn't really gain land, uh, and they weren't able to kind of fight back for that land that was taken away from them uh, when they were divided up and conquered. So generally... um you know, the West is seen as a success for the most part With uh, throughout American history. Uh, kind of an end to an era like we were talking about. Um, a lot of economic booms. Uh, a lot of new agricultural and uh, timber and just industrial mining uh, opportunities out in the West and basically an escape from kind of the Washington, New York, Boston politics and so social changes that are coming with industrialization. Um, and kind of a return for, you know, Andrew Jackson, uh, Thomas Jefferson type of America that's agricultural agriculturally based. Um but of course the trade off for that is that um Native Americans are killed in very large numbers, their culture is destroyed, their reservations are uh Horrible at best. (laughs) Um, And pretty much their entire culture is wiped out, or threatened to be wiped out to the brink of collapse. Um, And in many ways, uh, Native American culture was completely destroyed uh, for some tribes. Uh, Some of the more smaller tribes, of course, uh, were wiped out well before then, but this definitely does speed up the process. A lot of tribes had been going through the general trend of the genocide that america's Americans were partaking in or at least complacent in um and Native Americans are definitely um kind of on the back foot at this point. I mean they were really always on the back foot since uh the Europeans came, but now Americans are taking that policy to another extreme and they're killing them and basically committing a genocide um and that's I mean. That's that's the trade off of history. One group succeeds and the other doesn't succeed, but it's of course very unfortunate. <laughs> um, that's not a, that's not a defense of a genocide, by the way. That's a that's just a fact of history that one group's going to succeed and the other group is going to unfortunately tend to get smushed um, by that group to continue to propel them forward. Um, but anyway, I believe that's all I wanted to say, and I hope that uh, you learned something new and I hope you come back for the next podcast uh, which I know I said this two episodes ago might be a political podcast I'm going to try and get it um, I've been having some technical difficulties with um, some of my uh, some people I'd like to have on the show um, but I think I might be able to work it out soon so I hope you first of all enjoy your snow day because I'm uploading this before snow day um, And I hope you learned something new, like I said before. And, um, yeah, I hope to see you in the next podcast. Bye.